So today we're going to welcome Daniel Henry, chair of the Duval County Democratic Party. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you, Carrie. Happy to be here. Oh, and we are happy to congratulate you on your huge victory this past week. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about? Yeah, for people that are not aware of Jacksonville, we just had a major mayoral election that was countywide. We were able to elect mayor-elect Tana Deegan to the mayor's office. It'll be the first time we'll have a female mayor in Jacksonville's history. And it's the first time we'll have a Democratic mayor in Jacksonville for the, for the past eight years. So it's a huge accomplishment. And we're excited that Donna is the next mayor of Jacksonville. That's so exciting. Can you give me a little back? How did this come about? Can you talk to, the, to that a little bit? What did the county do? Tell us about the candidate. Was she? Is this her first time out of the gate? She jumped right in and won? Or how did this come about? Yeah, great question. We had an open mayor's race. Donna filed to run a year in advance, and she really hit the pavement to try to get the support of the community to get across the finish line. She really positioned herself as that kind of unity candidate. And, that, and I think it was great for her to do that because it really brought together Democrats and PAs and some moderate Republicans to vote for her. But it wasn't her first race. She had run for Congress in the 2020 cycle in a pretty red district. But it really laid the foundation for running a campaign on her end and preparing herself for a really aggressive campaign cycle. So um, I have, I'd like to, I'd like to, before we get too much farther along, I there are two points that I'd like to chat about. Do you happen to remember the numbers when you say she was not successful when she ran for Congress? What did the, what were the final numbers? Do you remember? Not at the top of my head, but I think she was somewhere around 42, 43%. And it's a Republican district that's plus 12. Okay. Um, so it was going to be a long shot. But for her, she really cared about the issues. She thought it was important for us to have a candidate on the ballot. And she really had the story to talk about health care and how we definitely needed to ensure that we invested in more opportunities for people not to go bankrupt if they get sick. That's She's a three-time... <laughs> Yeah, she's a three-time breast cancer survivor, and healthcare is one of those issues that's really dear to her heart. Well, that that was that kind of leads into my next question. You said she was a unity candidate, so how how do you frame yourself as a unity candidate in such adversarial times for during elections? How did she manage to do that? What was her messaging? I guess healthcare was her number one issue. Then would that be accurate? It it was one of them. Infrastructure was what's definitely a main component of her campaign. Bringing transparency to government, that's been a huge issue here locally that she wanted to be able to bring some sunlight and disinfectant to City Hall. Uh, and reducing violent crime, that's a huge issue that's happening here in Jacksonville that she wanted to focus on prevention and intervention programs to try to stop it at the very root and just keeping everything local. She didn't nationalize the race. She didn't talk about issues that she thought wouldn't be able to bring people together. And she just hit that sweet spot consistently with the message that she did. And she had that discipline throughout the campaign. So she kept it local and kept it positive. Correct. She never ran a negative ad. All of her ads were positive. She made that commitment to the public and she stuck to it. 
And that was a huge contrast to her Republican opponent who spent the entirety of the campaign in both of the rounds, the first round and the runoff, just being negative. And I think people were just sick of it. That's exciting. Do you have a breakdown at all of the turnout? Was it a Democratic victory? Was it a just a voter victory? Can you talk to that for a minute? Yeah, of course. Democrats went into election day with a four-point advantage. We had about 6,000 votes of an advantage. But like always, Republicans always come out on election day, and they wiped out that advantage pretty easily. So by the end of the night, uh, 7,000 more Republicans voted compared to Democrats. But we had a sizable number of MPAs that voted as well. And because Donna was able to have that kind of unity message, and she presented herself as the unity ticket, she still was able, even with a Republican advantage, to win by by four points. So her overall margin was over 9,000 votes. So that really paints the picture that she had huge crossover appeal with MPAs and with disaffected Republicans to vote for her. So what was the county party role in all of this? What did you do to support not only Donna, but the also the down-ballot candidates? Yeah, for us, it was really important to make sure that we were running all of our candidates as a ticket. That was critical for us to be able to ensure that people didn't get lost in the malaise of these election cycles. So we ran all of our volunteer canvases together. All of our production and information that we're sending out to voters showed all of our candidates together. We sent out mailers with for encouraging Democrats and MPAs to run as a ticket. We had billboards all across town during early voting to not only encouraging people to know that there was an election happening, but promoting your candidates as well. And we had a really aggressive digital campaign on social media pages to promote our candidates in kind of these digital ads and videos that really went well, that not only geared towards voting for them, but hopefully trying to get some younger voters, particularly like between 18 and 35, that we really needed to show up to vote. Okay. Did her numbers translate? Do you think that, because it sounds like she was already known quantity we didn't talk about it here, but she had been a television anchor and then she ran a nonprofit. Is that accurate? That's right. That's right. She okay. was a journalist for about 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay. In the Jacksonville area. That's right. She was In one of our local anchors. Yeah. Okay. So do you feel that, did we see any coattails in city council or any of the other positions do can we attribute any of that to her as the candidate or because we also you also flip did you flip a city council seat we did and i was actually saying no joyce morgan who also ran the won her race for property appraiser was also a journalist as well she was on another channel on jacksonville for about 20 years as well and she served on city council for eight years she had a reputation in her own brand but they definitely ran as a ticket. So they helped each other in the race to get across the finish line. There was probably about a two-point difference between their the results. So Donna got four points of, of advantage. Joyce got about two. But for our city council ca candidates, yes, I think there was a coattail effect. We were able to a new seat that was created through redistricting that allowed for us to take. Um, Republicans really tried to attack one of our Democratic incumbents in a swing district that they thought they were able to flip, but we were able to win that one by six. 
a lot of the races that we had on the ballot were really a true tale of, of working together and all of our candidates were focused on of campaigning as a team as opposed to their individual races. Okay, I think that's really important. Do Did you see, now I know that at the FDP, they were calling for phone banking across the state and whatever. Do you think that additional investment in volunteer time and effort, do you think, can you attribute any of the last minute push to that? Hugely effective. I'm just eternally grateful for the outpouring of support that we saw from all across the state of people that not only went on those phone banks, but helped us out on some of our text banks, who did text banks of their own. I think the Florida Democrat Democratic Women's Club did a weekend of action during their convention and sent over 100,000 text messages into Duval. But our phone banks that we helped, that we put out there was to help us get Democrats to turn in their VBM ballots. And at all said and done, we had over 80% of our Democrats turn in their vote by mail ballots in an off-year election. And that is huge. Um, Wow, that's that is. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes, it had a huge effect of making sure that we were able to build up the amount of turnout that we needed. And it was, it had an impact by and large. So what about, so that was volunteer resources. Did... I know that it was a highly expensive race that she was outraised by a factor of four. Her opponent had four times as much money as she did. And it was in the millions, right? She raised two million. I think he raised somewhere around 10. Wow. So even more five factor of five. And do you know, do you think did that money come from out of the area or was it, Lo- most predominantly local, or do you not know? For the Republican or for Donna? For either one. Do you have any knowledge of either one? Yeah, a lot of Donna's money was local. She was able to ra- raise some state-related money to help her out, but I think a lot of people really invested a lot of money locally to try to help her get across the finish line. For Daniel Davis, he definitely got a lot of, of Republican dark money, both PAC within his pack, but also within his campaign as well. So a lot of the traditional DeSantis donors or people that had special business interests within Duval itself donated millions of dollars into his campaign that he was essentially able to run any kind of campaign he wanted to. So um, was he endorsed by DeSantis? He was, but it the way he did it was rather interesting. So there was a post that he that they put out there Right after the the first election, I think it was like in late March, where they posted with him locked with their a handshake saying that he was endorsed by DeSantis. But DeSantis didn't really do anything throughout the campaign to directly help him, which we thought was really interesting. We were happy to see that regardless, because it didn't seem as if Team DeSantis was fully behind him outside of the endorsement. But he did get a lot of support from the Republican establishment. In 2022, did did Duval County go for DeSantis in the general election? It did. And that was a disappointment. We were able to win Duval County for Gillum in 2018 by four points. We were able to win Duval County for Joe Biden by four points in 2020. But then DeSantis won it by 14 in 22. So it was a huge swing. Donna was able to flip that right back. And I think it was a testament to Florida really having voter apathy as to why he was able to get that margin because he just wasn't routinely popular. 
But yeah, he was able to win the county in the okay. last. So taking the lessons from this election, we yes, we, we want to take some time to bask in the afterglow here, but we want to also take some lessons. What lessons are we going to take going forward into 24? What do you think would be helpful for other red counties like Lee County here? What lessons do you would you like to share with us? Do you think are important? Candidate quality is important. Coordination is also important as well. And message discipline is critical. I would say that if it was any other cycle, I think this race would have been much more difficult than it was. Not to say that it wasn't difficult. It was extremely difficult. But if I were running a candidate in a red county or a purple county, I think it's important to make sure that they focus on local issues. Um, I think it's very easy to nationalize these races in a way that we think it will gin up our base. But if your base is not enough to get across the finish line, then you really got to talk in a way that is going to appeal to everyone and ensure that you don't get drafted off of that track because the Republicans will try to attack you mercilessly. And that happened for Donna. They spent millions of dollars trying to say that she was going to defund the police or she was going to turn Jacksonville into San Francisco or New York. And it was just patently false, but they're willing to say anything to win. But when you have a candidate that is disciplined in the message that they're giving and also someone who is well-known, that's the second part, finding people that are community leaders that have their own brands. Go She's along. already defined herself rather than having them define her. Exactly. And that's not to say new candidates aren't bad. But when you have a top of the ticket candidate like in, in these types of races, especially on a countywide level, then I think it's important for you to have people that have established brands that the Republicans can't redefine in a different image. Did now did Donna elect Deegan? Did Mary elect <laughs> Deegan come to you or to the party? Or did she make this decision that she, was she asked to run or did she come and say she was running? How did that come about? I think she was, I guess it's better to say she was called to run. After she lost her congressional race, a lot of people started to come to her with the prospect of running for mayor. I, think, I don't think she was open to it at first. I know she still wanted to be of service, but she really had a really strong base of supporters when she ran for Congress because they really gave gave them hope. And with the mayor's office being open and there wasn't really much of a bench available for people to be able to say that they wanted to run for this seat, she seemed like the natural choice for a lot of people, especially with her congressional race to run for this position. And she made that decision for herself to do it. So it was a, I think it was a community effort that she was just drafted. Yeah, that's really encouraging because good for her for being willing to say, okay, the federal thing didn't work. Let's bring it home. Let's make it local. Let's do this. Because not every individual is willing to do that. There are a lot of people, they get stung by a loss and they say, that's it. I'm taking my ball and going home. Good, mm -hmm. I, good for her. It's a sign of a true public servant who's willing to say, okay, so this didn't work. We're going to, I still want to serve. I still think that there's, I can have an impact. There's a, I can do this job and make a difference in my community. I'm going to try. Kudos, huge kudos to her for doing that. 
And is there anything else that you think that is important that Democrats, any sort of important message that you think Democrats should learn from this experience? Never get discouraged. I think we just mentioned it with DeSantis winning your county by 14 points in the midterm elections. I think it would have been easy to think that, okay, pack it up. We're a red county now. There's nothing much we can do. We don't have much hope to do it. They got it in the bag. We don't, there's not a really a chance for us to really compete with that. Don't give up um, and never underestimate the willingness of voters to make a change. I think that's critical. I think we underestimate people's ability to, if you present them with a viable, realistic option, just mm-hmm. giving them the option can go a long way in effectuating that change. And the quality of the candidate that you have will go a long way of actually making it real for people. I think Donna is one of those once in a, in a generation type of candidates for our county. And we're just lucky that she was able to put herself out there to run for office. So it just a little more detail, because that's, I'm forgive me if I get too wonky. I like to go into the (laughs) details, but how much time did she actually spend out and among the voters? Did she knock on doors personally or did she just have, yeah, go ahead. Granted, every good campaign has a team of people and she had a intense canvassing team that her campaign manager made sure that they were going to win this campaign, not only with communication, but with field. But she literally went to every event. She hosted town halls. She drove herself ratchet. I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> ragged, maybe? <laughs> ragged. She drove herself ragged going to literally everything. And Donna's a competitive person. So it was in her nature to want to be out with people. But she did not hide herself. She really put herself out there and went to every forum, every event to make her case. Lots um, of selfies, <laughs> lots of one-on-one conversations, lots yeah, of handshaking, not, hugs yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, and a lot of personal relationships that she was able to build. And it created a contrast because her Republican opponent didn't do that. He hit himself, mm-hmm. thinking that he didn't really have to try in order for him to get there because they thought, all we need to do is get Republicans to vote and we'll win. And that math doesn't work, especially in a political environment like this. Congratulations to Mayor-elect Deegan. Congratulations to all the Democratic victors there in, in Jacksonville. And congratulations to you for working the county side, the working with the, helping to coordinate the campaigns and getting your volunteers out and getting out the vote. We thank you for your service as well, Daniel. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Kara. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye now. Bye.